Y'all, welcome back. I'm actually really excited right now. Uh, this is a topic I've been thinking about uh, a lot, actually, a lot lately uh, for so many reasons. Um, some we'll get into, some I, I don't know if I should, if I even should get into the other reason. But regardless, we're going to talk uh, gender. We're going to talk Dave Chappelle, I suppose. Uh, I, like I'm guessing many of you, or at least some of you, maybe none of you, I don't know. Watched his recent special, and uh, and first of all, I was surprised because I'd seen all the media hype and stuff and backlash and all that, and I assumed, uh, a lot like I'm guessing many of you, assumed that it was maybe a joke or two that old Dave uh, said in his recent set, and it turns out it was like the majority of the, of the set, like almost 40 minutes, I'd say, just guessing, ballparking, but it wasn't one or two jokes, it, it was... It was damn near the whole show was talking about transgendered people. Specifically, he kept referencing male to female transgender, or at least in every one of his examples, it was always a more effeminate person, uh, more an effeminate male, or at least born feminine male. Like I'm not going to try to offend anybody. I assure you listening, whatever or whoever you are or want to be, be that. I'm not going to tell you no, and no one else should. So I, I, I apologize in advance if I say something that is is not the right term or not the right uh, you know turn of phrase or or whatever. So I, I, I promise this is all coming from a place of love, y'all. I love you. I promise. I do. You right now. I love you. Thank you for listening. The whole special was kind of odd. I have to give. I have to start and give Chappelle credit. He he opened the the show, or at least in the first few minutes. I mean, he made fun of black people, uh, talking about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. He made fun of Catholic priests. He made fun of Asian people. He made fun of Jews. Uh, space Jews was a really funny punchline tagline for a thing. Uh, he made fun of police shootings with the whole Clifford thing. Like to his credit, at least in my opinion, he he torches everybody. Uh, you can argue, does he do it equally, or is he you know heavy-handed on some and not on others? Look, that's all up for debate, and that's a whole separate thing. But, I mean, he literally he ripped on his own people. He ripped on Asians, Jews, Catholics. He, he, he runs the gambit of, of jokes, which if you're going to do that type of, I don't even necessarily want to call it shock comedy, but if you're going to do that type of edgy stuff or whatever, edgy's not even necessarily, it doesn't matter. If you're going to go there, you better go hard on everybody. And it seemed to me that he, A, it seems to me that he always has, and B, that he did at least in this special. I think it's odd, though, because, and what it feels like, at least to me, is this is going back almost a decade, probably more. In fact, probably more than a decade. I might have, you know, this might have been like the early 2000s. But I remember when Carlos Mencia, uh, well, when back when he still had a career and was still popular, uh, he made a lot of gay jokes. And in my opinion, Carlos was never one to make fun of everybody. He usually had a pretty specific two or three groups of people that he just 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 peppered way too hard, but I just don't like Carlos Messi, and that's doesn't matter. Point is, his old thing, and he's probably even stole this, but his old thing was, if you can take a dick, you can take a joke, and I think that was his way of just defending the issue or, or allowing himself to just say whatever he wanted to say, be it prejudiced or not. Uh, that he had a, a not even that clever of a punchline there that, haha, you can take a dick, you can take a joke, and I think in his mind that gave him carte blanche. And, I mean, look, for, let me just be very clear to start. This idea that, well, the idea that Chappelle uh, it played this angle and that it almost became like a black versus 
gay or a black versus trans or a black versus LGBTQ. I'm not black. I'm not LGBTQ. Like I am, I am stark white. I'm quite pale and I'm straight. So like I, I obviously have no idea what it's like to be on either side of that argument or uh, I'm not, I have no, I'm, I'm on the sidelines of this, whatever this is. I am on the sidelines, but I have to admit that I tend to give more leeway to comedians as artists as opposed to any other type of artist that may say something off color. If a, you know, a a drummer or a painter or a dancer or whatever other type of art that whoever it is produces... Whatever it is that you do or they do, whatever, if they then choose to go out on on a talk show or or other platform and say some racist or homophobic shit, I tend to judge them a lot harder because, at least in, in my opinion... The comedian's job is to toe that line or to to push the envelope. Now, plenty of just poor comedians, just bad comedians, push the envelope badly. It's it's so easy to just rely on shock value. I mean, it, it, Jurassic Five is a, is a great band, but some of you, bum of you, cheers from Shock Value is a great lyric of theirs because it. it you can kind of be the edgy, surprising guy for a minute, but if you're not if you're not truly clever and you're not actually trying to create something with pushing the boundaries and you're just doing it for just you know lack of, of real content, then I think it falls flat. And I think it doesn't even fall flat. I think it falls mean. I think it just comes off as mean. So the question is, does it does what Dave Chappelle? say in this recent special and honestly plenty of specials before this isn't the first time he's brought it up it's something that's been on his mind for a while it seems and also i i am not going to do uh this entire episode on what i think another person thinks that is silly i i don't i've never really been a fan of in politics even like well i think trump meant this or well when obama said that i think he really meant nobody knows i'm not gonna this a nobody knows b nobody cares what i think somebody else said so like let's just be very clear there but also I, I, I think at least for for this particular bit, for this particular you know hour long whatever it was special, I think Chappelle gives himself some carte blanche. I think because as he said, he had a trans friend. Uh, I don't know if he even named it. Doesn't matter if he did, but he gave a couple of stories and ended with a story about this friend of his who was trans and and they and they went back and forth and chopped it up i guess plenty of times in real life and so in his mind he thinks he's right is at least the view i'm getting i don't think he thinks he's doing something mean on purpose i think the the, the view i got was that he was really trying now look i don't have any idea but what i do know is that the concept of saying that I have a trans friend, ergo I can make jokes about the trans community. Like I would consider myself of having a trans friend. Uh, my friend Beck was actually supposed to be with us tonight. So, dude, if you're listening, I hope you feel better. Just obviously, man, I, you know, love you, bro. But I would never take that as as a a open invitation to speak as if I know the entire community. 
Like, I mean, hell, Beck has straight friends. He knows me. He's not going to pretend that, like, oh, all straight people are such and such just because he knows me. Like, that, that's, not how, that's not how any subsect of, of humanity works. That's not how any culture works. And it, it doesn't feel like this was a, a hate speech. He never said, like, we should attack this community. Like, obviously, anybody that comes out and says we should attack any community is, is just, I mean, you're just a psychopath. You, I mean, you, that's literally what Hitler did. So don't, I mean, there's very few times that you can use Hitler in a correct sentence. But, like, if you're going to preach on hate and violence, then obviously, like, don't, don't friggin' do that. But, but the idea, it feels very much like, and this is surprising, uh, and look, again, I, I am on the sidelines, I, I am probably an asshole, and I'm probably wrong, but for Chappelle to say that I had a trans friend so I can make these jokes, it's a lot like me saying, well, I, I've got a black friend. Like, the, many years ago, it was, you know, kind of the, the cliche to be like, oh, you know, how many black friends do you have? Or like, you know, the, the joke about white people saying, I've got three black friends, and well, if you, have, you, know, if you can count your number of black friends, then that's a problem. You, you get the idea. It feels like that. It feels like the modern-day version of that. It feels like the modern-day version of saying, no, I've got a black friend, so I can say that, or no, I've got a trans friend, so I can say that. But also what it feels like, it feels like the modern-day we're potentially pulling away from this old school, not necessarily hatred of a lifestyle, although there was plenty of hatred back in the day, and there still is. I'm not going to deny that. But, but in general sense, it feels like we required any new group to be incredibly tough. Like I mean, even Dave. I mean, even in the in the special, Dave says something like he misses the old school gay guys because they didn't take any shit and they were willing. You know, they were tough. Like I don't know how he phrased it, but that's the point. The point he was aiming at is that he misses quote unquote tough gays because he says that the you know quote unquote new gays aren't as as tough when they're more sensitive. Which why is that a problem? You know what I mean? Like. You can debate if something's funny. In my opinion, anybody's allowed to say anything they want as a joke. And if it's funny or not, it can be debated. The question is the intent. Is it meant as a joke? Is it meant to help and add levity? Or is it meant meanly? And back in the day, with any societal you know, group, it felt kind of like a frat initiation. Is you got to take your lumps if you want to be part of this group. If you, if you want to be part of American culture or even worldwide culture, I don't know. But I'm guessing it was very similar across you know, Europe and, and Australia and whatever. But you got to take your lumps. Like You're going to have to take all of this, this backlash and, and this vitriol that for some reason we lump onto any new group. I mean, first of all, you know, when the Irish first came over to America, they were hated. And the Jews, they were hated. And then obviously black people and then Mexican people. Asian violence has spiked lately. But I mean, even back in the day, there were internment camps. I mean, Middle East hate is still quite high right now, but certainly during 9-11, there's, there has been every group that comes up, it's as if we just shit on them terribly to see if they can take it, you know? Like, it, I don't know if any of it is as obvious as what I'm saying, but it feels this way. It Can you, as whatever group you identify as, take all of this heat, and only if you can take all of this heat are we then going to allow you to just be normal or allow you to just be part of society? Are we going to allow you to just have a job and be, you know, bored of the day-to-day monotony like the rest of us? I'm hoping that the future, and maybe it starts right now, but I'm hoping that the future is less mean, is less frat initiation style. Like, look, I, I... 
I have to admit, I don't understand what it's like to feel that the gender I'm assigned physically doesn't match the gender that I have mentally. I, I can't relate to that. So for me to then turn and make mean-spirited jokes to just see if you could take it, that seems unnecessary. And it, the thing is, it probably was necessary back in the day. And I mean way, way, way back in the day. This idea of like rugged toughness and this persistence on being able to like handle your own and take it. You got to be able to take as good as you can give or whatever the fucking phrase is. You know, like I get that back in the day. Ba- back when you had to be able to build your own log cabin, you know, like back when you had to like till your own fields. I get it. It was required. Like, the dudes that came to America, you know, like the Lewis and Clarks of, of the world, and anybody that went exploring anywhere else, I mean, predate America, any European that went traveling, any African that went traveling, anybody that sat on a boat ever, you had to be tough as shit. Like, I get that. You had to be because society required you to be. You couldn't be soft back in the day. So that's probably, and I'm just, you know, just making this up as I go, probably where the initial hatred of any type of fragility came from the idea of the quote-unquote feminine man or the the idea of the soft man back in the day you we weren't ready society as a whole wasn't ready for soft it just wasn't it wasn't ready for people that were more mental than physical and now if you were more mental and you could create your own like you could create value or try to get the ear of the king or something you try to be a you know some some form of you know advisor or whatever but if you were just like on the farm and you know your dad was a farmer your mom was a farmer your brother's a farmer your sister's a farmer if you ain't cut out for that there was no place for you and so that's probably where the original hatred or you know whatever backlash came from was likely just, we can't handle you. Society does not allow for you to be this way. But what I would argue is that nowadays it, it does, or at least it can. or Society is made in such a way, now, today, currently, that you can be soft. I mean, obviously. You can be you know a musician. You can be a digital artist. You can be a website creator. You, you can be just you know, a... a, a Again, I don't want to offend anybody. You can be just like a transgender dancer or, you know, you can you can just be like, you know, there are so many of those shows where like that's if that's what you want to do. If you just want to like, you know, cross dress and sing. And I'm sorry if cross dressing is like, like I'm going to stop apologizing for shit. Please understand. I love you. Whoever you are listening right now. I love you. You're perfect. Just the way you are. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. But seriously. So, I mean, if you want to be any of these things nowadays, you can be. And so I, I think, and I, I don't necessarily blame Dave because it's not like he's the only one. There's so many old school comedians that I would argue think along the same lines. But even just 30 years ago, like if you were doing comedy in the 80s and you're still doing comedy now, the landscape has changed so much. It's likely difficult to keep up. It's not an excuse to not try. It's not an excuse to be rooted in the past and to, to, to keep these old school, potentially prejudiced views. Because, and again, that's kind of what I wanted. I mean, it's not kind of. I, I, I love Beck's point of view. It's, it's the, one of the only people I know that has it. In fact, I mean, his specific point of view is the only person that has it, obviously. But it's, it's why I wanted his point of view on how it felt to hear this shit. Because, I mean, it goes back a long, long time. I mean, like I said, 
Carlos Mencia did it. But even before that, like Ray Romano, like, you know, everybody loves Raymond, Ray Romano. He had a joke back in the day. Like I was, I wasn't even driving. So this is maybe circa 2001-ish, maybe, you know, just give or take. He had a joke making fun of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And, you know, the punchline was that you don't want to make them mad because if they start writing letters and they write a letter, then they write another letter, then they write another letter. You get it. And and I'm guessing that nowadays that wouldn't be accepted in the way that it was then. Because even even then I laughed. I mean, as as a 13-year-old or whatever it was, I laughed a lot at that joke. And nowadays I would think it'd be considered relatively taboo. I don't know that for a fact. I, I don't know anybody... You know, I was like a leader in the OCD community, but I, I'm just kind of guessing that that just, I mean, I'm not even guessing. I am certain that that is just how jokes work. If you look back at some of the old movies back in the day, like like Blazing Saddles, like anybody that hasn't seen Blazing Saddles, I mean, I am no one to tell you to go see movies as I've seen no movies. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, if you, if you name 50 movies, I might have seen two of them. But Blazing Saddles has some jokes that you couldn't get away with nowadays. And there's so many other movies, like that's just picking one of a billion. Jokes from back then can't be done nowadays. The idea, I mean, Frank Zappa even said it, and this was 20 years ago, probably longer, you can't do that on stage anymore. You just can't. And there's so many things that you can't do that whatever that is, but there's so many things that, that go into that category. And it, it, it feels like, and again, I have an affinity for stand-up comedians. I, I wish I, that could have been a job of mine. That was, that, that's an amazing job. You just get to talk for an hour once a week and get paid a ton of money. Like, you know, back when Joe Rogan was still touring and, you know, even people like Sam Kinison and, and in fact, Sam Kinison, And I'm stealing this from Joe Rogan, but Sam Kinison had a a stretch there where he was possibly the best comedian going. Joe Rogan says he was the best comedian going. And he was the best comedian going, Sam Kinison that was, until he started to believe his own hype. Until he started to believe his own shit and he kind of became a parody of himself and kind of fell off. And oddly enough, that that is, I butchered the quote, I'm sure, but Joe Rogan said that Sam Kinison was the best until he started to believe his own hype and became a parody of himself. And oddly enough, or coincidentally, or ironically, Joe Rogan is following the same trend. In like 2006, I loved Joe Rogan. Like, some of his stand-up was some of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, Shiny Happy Jihad is one of the better comedy albums I've ever heard. I listened to that shit on repeat over and over. And that was 15 years ago. Now, Joe has kind of become a parody of himself. And, like, some of the shit he says nowadays is ridiculous. I mean, I think even he would admit that. He's probably doing it for ratings. But regardless, it's just wrong. And some of it's crass and unnecessary, but that's a different thing. He's become a parody of himself. He started to believe his own shit. And what I'm... I'm not scared because it doesn't hurt anything, but it feels like Chappelle is aiming that direction. It feels like he might have started believing his own bullshit, which is probably true of so many people. Like if you if you're only surrounded by yes men or producers or or just people that tell you you're great constantly, like your own PR guy and your own managers and your own booking agents, all they're telling you is you're amazing, keep going, you're amazing, keep going. So you kind of just start to get comfortable, and then you start saying some shit that's not necessarily like radical, but it it felt like it could be touching a couple of nerves, like it could be it could be crossing a couple of lines. But then that's the question: is that isn't that the point? Of, of a comedian, of the comedian. Isn't that the point of having a societally, you know, agreed upon job or, 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 you know, tag, whatever you want to call these people? 
that their job is to try to use words to dissect the world around us. It's an attempt to make sense of the world around us with humor. And what I'm guessing that Dave and anybody else tackling this topic of trying to make jokes about the trans community, I'm guessing what he thinks he's doing is helping. I see, uh, it, the vibe I got is that he thinks he's helping. Now, whether he is or isn't is not for me to decide, I don't believe. But I think he thinks he's helping, and I think a lot of these people do. They're just misguided or, or just they've had you know smoke blown up their ass for way too long. But this, the concept that we should you know, quote-unquote cancel anybody, the, the idea that we should cancel anybody for words always strikes me as, as, as wrong. And maybe I'm wrong for saying that. Honestly, I might be. I, I, you know, obviously, I don't know. But actions, in my opinion, are far different than words. If you strike another person, regardless, you know, black, white, Mexican, Asian, gay, straight, trans, cisgendered, I don't know all the terms. If you physically do harm to another person, that is a much different thing than if you make a joke. It's also a much different thing to, to incite Violence to tell uh, anybody to attack anybody or to tell anyone to do anything harmful to somebody else. Like that's, I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's a very simple thing. Don't do that. But should we get mad at jokes? I mean, first of all, I, I think the only people that ever get mad at jokes are people that don't find the jokes funny. But that's where I think, and this is just me, that's where I think it should stop. If you don't find whatever you just heard funny, regardless of who said it, you know, be it a white guy, be it a, you know, a black girl, be it, be it you know, a gay Asian, doesn't doesn't matter. If they said something funny and you laughed, you're likely not going to then get mad. You know, like I, I'm willing to bet that 99% of all people who got offended by a joke didn't laugh first and then be like, well, actually, that really offends me. You know, like that's that's probably never happened ever. So I think the I think the crux of the issue is was the joke funny because if it wasn't then i mean we should judge you on the fact that you weren't being funny and that the your point the point of being a comedian is a be funny but b at least good comedians to me or at least the comedians that i i tend to gravitate towards to call anybody a good or bad comedian first of all my opinion is pointless and secondly that's not fair it's too subjective so in my opinion the the comedians that i tend to gravitate to are the ones that take on kind of the more gray areas of society and societal norms and push the envelope for, you know, just a cliche, but for pushing, not just for the sake of pushing the envelope, because <laughs> some of my uh, earlier stand-up days, that's all I did. I just tried to work in bad words as much as I could. Like, oh, y'all, this is such a bad joke. There was a, there was a joke, and this is uh, Blake, if you're listening. Uh, I stole this from you. But we were uh, hanging out one night at my buddy's house, and we were joking about if we, like, duct tape cats to, to skateboards and pushed them down uh, hills. It wouldn't be like bobsledding. It'd be like pussy, pussy losing. I even butcher the punchline 30 years later. But like that's a, that was I knew that joke meant nothing. It was pure fluff. And I was it was just an, an excuse to say pussy on stage because I thought that would get at least a shock valued response. It didn't. <laughs> uh, for the record, it didn't. It got like a zero. They got no response. People just looked at me like, what the fuck? Why are you 
why are you talking about that? But I, I think I even tied in like cockfighting and made another dick joke. That kind of shit, in my opinion, if that, and, you know, I was 20 or whatever. That is just shock value for shock value's sake, which is worth very little. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's worth almost nothing. But the idea that you would take on the concept something so new and something so, not taboo, but something so risky, I suppose, as doing a fucking 45 minute of your hour set on the trans community, it's at least attempting to break new ground. And maybe that's what scares me about the idea of cancel culture as a whole, is that it prevents us from attempting new things. If you get it wrong and the entirety or the majority of the, the LGBTQ community comes out and is like, look, man, you're kind of being a dick. Like, just so you know, like, none of that really works for us. It feels very aggressive and it feels very just mean-spirited. I would think that whoever was being told that should at least accept that and, and at least apologize for having offended. Not apologizing for your direction. Not apologizing for your aim. Because, again, if, you, if that's not what you're trying to do, if you're just trying to dig new territory, just dig new ground, then I'm not mad at you for that. I mean, accept it, own up to it, apologize if you feel the necessary, and then move along. But what I'm scared of is that we will, we will have such a velvet rope <laughs> to, the, to what is allowed that it will become bland. I mean, in the same way as, like, I mean, you know, you look at almost any... Almost any band that gets super popular, their content gets watered down. And it's not fair because, look, A, you know, again, my opinion on what is a good or bad band is meaningless. And no band out there listening, what band's listening? No band out there listening would care or should care. But the idea that it, it, once you, the, the, if your aim is more broad scale, if you're aiming for a larger and larger audience, I think your content is, is naturally watered down. I mean, in the same way that if you go to a hole-in-the-wall diner, you know, and they've got, like, 12 things on the menu, and it smells amazing when you walk in, and, like, some of the things are super spicy, and some of the things have ingredients you've never heard of. Like, that place is probably, at least to me, going to be a lot better than Applebee's because Applebee's isn't trying to break new ground. They're not trying to do anything new. All, in my opinion, all Applebee's is doing is just finding a different way to put cheese on other shit. Like, that's all I can tell that the standard restaurant TGI Fridays, which I worked at a TGI Fridays, Chili's, all of these places, they're not trying to create anything new or unique or they're they're not trying to push anything forward. There's no progress with watered down menus. It's just trying to grab the largest slice of you know the population they can and that's fine you're allowed to aim for that if that's what you're trying to aim for i don't care you're allowed to do it if you want if mcdonald's wants to be mcdonald's have fun you terrible shitty bland food but it's fine you're not hurting anybody the problem with applying that to comedy or really any art form i think we have to allow for at least some if not a lot at least some wiggle room at least some room to backtrack or apologize or at least just admit that hey i missed the mark you know like i I don't think there should be anything wrong with oh look i went too far there i didn't mean anything by that i love you sorry but let's let's move along together and maybe that's just the the reality or just the after effect of of the online culture is that nobody's doing any of this face to face you know like no like whatever it is you do whatever it is you're listening you listening right now whatever it is you do 
email tone and phone call tone, you already know is a huge different thing. Like I've had people send emails and they were caps locking it and like nine exclamation points. And then you call them and they're like way toned down, like way tired. Everybody knows that you right now listening, you know that. So I think that's probably some, or at least a a good bit of the quote unquote cancel culture. I don't even, you know, whatever this, this backlash to any non PC narrative lately, probably it's the, the online echo chamber makes it a lot, seem a lot angrier and seem a lot more, more violent. Um, Maybe it's not. Look, you know, maybe maybe really is. I don't know. But I I want to believe that deep down, the majority of us are able to just kind of let it slide. But the issue then becomes is like, how much are you supposed to let it slide? Now, in my opinion, a comedian let it all slide. If you don't like him, leave. Like that. That's just it's 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 the same thing. Like it's going back to like even Howard Stern radio. I don't like Howard Stern. I was never a big fan of Howard Stern. But I, I at least understood that if I didn't like him, you can just turn him off. You know, like, yes, he might be offensive. Yes, he might be saying some things that you disagree with completely. But so what? Like, so is he inciting violence? You know, there's there are plenty of politicians, Republicans and Democrats, white, black, male, female, any, all. It, it, I disagree with a lot of them, but it, they're not comedians. They're actually making policies. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the difference. People who have actual power should be held to a standard that is much higher than artists. Now, then we're going to, they, they, as soon as I hear myself say that, I just watched a clip today of Travis Scott yelling at some cameraman saying, you don't work for Travis Scott. I'm an artist. You don't understand me. All right, fine. You're taking it too far. I couldn't name you one Travis Scott song until four days ago. I didn't know who he was. So I'm not going to pretend that I have any idea who this guy is. And look, maybe he's great. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. If you take the I'm an artist as a shield to block you from any and all wrongdoing, you're a dick. But same thing with Carlos Mencia's, if you can take a dick, you can take a joke. That was just his shield against any and all backlash when, in my opinion, he just wasn't funny, so I didn't like him. And that's where I I have to admit, I laughed at at Chappelle's hour-long thing. I laughed a lot. I really did. There were some jokes I didn't laugh as much. Specifically, the one where he was bragging about beating up a woman. Now, look, I, so many caveats here. So I, there's been so many caveats tonight, and there's, you know, I, I need to caveat the shit out of this. Don't hit a woman. Don't hit anybody. Don't, don't. Just why well, that's that's a simple phrase, right? Everybody, don't put your hands on nobody else. However, if you man, woman, ace, arrow, cis, non-binary, if whatever you are, regardless of your genitalia, put your hands on another person, you've now foregone everything. That is something that I've told both my kids, my son and my daughter, don't start fights. If you do and you get punched in the face, you don't get to complain, period. Just now, if you put your hands on somebody to maybe try and calm them down and they grab a beer bottle and smash it on your face, that's a way different thing. But if you swing and they swing back, I don't give a shit. Don't start fights. And I think that's, and maybe I'm wrong. Look, maybe that is a point of view that is outdated as well. Maybe that is an old school point of view. But I, I have to stand by it. Don't start. I mean, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. That is, that should be, that shit's in the Bible, y'all. That's the golden rule. Treat others the way you'd want to be treated. That is, that is the same thing. That it goes back thousands of years, man. Like, just don't do it. 
But I, I got to admit, I was surprised to see, and it wasn't the entire crowd of the, of the Chappelle show, but there was when he was talking about the joke when that person, the other person swung on him first. And, and Chappelle says he didn't know it was a woman at first. And look, I, I get it. I, I've missed identified both men and women in the past. It doesn't matter. So I get it. None of them were swinging at me, and I wasn't swinging at them. So like, it, it was certainly a lot more peaceful. It was honestly a joke because I was drunk, so it doesn't matter. I was surprised to see multiple people in the crowd uh, standing and clapping when he was talking about that. Now, that is that's something that I, didn't, I just didn't laugh at. I didn't find it that funny. It felt like he was trying to flex. It felt like this comedian standing on stage is trying to flex on, on his ability to beat up somebody who weighs less than him. Like, that's what? That just seemed weird. However, I'm not going to scream cancel him over that just because it was, in my opinion, a, a bad joke, a not funny joke, but also you know, in poor taste. But so what? You know, like plenty of bands make music that I don't like. I, I don't say cancel them. You know, like that's just I just give a bit more rope, I guess, or gray area or, or leeway or, you know, pick a metaphor. I give comedians the benefit of the doubt unless it is quite obviously hateful, unless it is inciting violence or, or scheming against a group of people. I, I just tend to give comedians more leeway. I just do. It's, we need and I, I, I mean this seriously. We as a species need comedians. Look at anybody that ever rose to absolute power, like Mussolini, Hitler. I mean, fuck the pharaohs, any king since forever. They didn't have somebody making fun of them. Like, thank God I have Eric on the show, and, and Vance and Ashley as well, but Eric has gotten me with some some real deep jabs every now and again, and it's funny as fuck, and it puts me in my place because when I'm overstepping, you need to correct and comedians, that's their job. When someone does something that is so obviously stupid, like every single comedian, like so, every single, so many comedians, John Stewart, you know what I mean? Like they came out of the woodworks when Elon Musk's or whoever fucking uh, Bezos's rocket went up in the air. Like everybody stepped out and made fun of this guy because it was dumb and we need that. But imagine if that wasn't allowed. Imagine if we have canceled every one of these comedians and now we don't have anybody left to poke fun at these assholes for pissing money away when they could be actually helping society. But that, we don't need to go down that tangent right now. I, I could be, oh, I could scream on that for hours. You could have helped society and instead you had a dick measuring contest in space with four other people. Like, that's absurd. And we need people to be able to say that more cleverly, not just have me call you an asshole for fucking 45 minutes. Because I would. I would just, with a bullhorn, scream at the fucking you got you wasted so much money you could have helped so many people we need people that are funnier than me <laughs> to be able to say that well to be able to put that in a in a constructive at least positively framed format that we can all laugh at as opposed to just hear me scream cussing about some people that don't deserve the money they have we need comedians so I don't like the, the concept that we would be canceling comedians for non-physical acts. I still don't know fully what Louis C.K. did. Uh, I've asked some people because I'm not going to Google it. I don't, I don't care. It seems like what he did was over the line. But again, it was physical. There was a physical action. There was a physical nature to what was going on. If all he had ever done was talked about it, if all he ever did was just talking about jerking off, who cares? Turn them off. Just tur- tur- turn them off. Who gives a shit? It's the crossing the physical boundary. It's he, They were in a room with him or whatever the fuck they did. I don't care. Seemed like he was being a jerk. So that, you know, whatever. That, that's yeah, he, he was. 
if all they're doing is on a stage talking, and again, not inciting violence, then so what? You know, like let, let them talk. I, I don't get it. But at the same time, I am coming from this from a point of view of the, I don't have any natural jokes against me. I fall into every category. that I'm the most vanilla motherfucker ever. So I don't know what it's like to be in any one of these marginalized groups and to feel attacked. Maybe that changes everything. And again, that's I, I think I'm okay with it. I don't want to take the stance of, oh, toughen up. It's just jokes, toughen up. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the right stance to take moving forward in this decreasingly physical society of ours. Like the physical interaction, even before COVID, was already declining. I mean, likely at an all-time low. I mean, likely, literally at, at a humanity's all-time low physical interaction point pre-COVID, just because we were all online more, and we were all working from home, or, or you know, whatever more. Now, especially you know, during whatever you want to call it. I mean, is it still a pandemic? Are we still are we going on month fucking 19 of the pandemic? I don't even know. It, whatever we're doing right now, it, we are less and less physically connected. We are less and less in the same room as somebody. So maybe my stance is just as archaic as the Ray Romano joke and, and you know, Joe Rogan being archaic now. It, maybe it's just as as outdated and maybe, you know, look, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm right in that if it's just audio, then just turn it off. But honestly, maybe I'm wrong. You know, and look, if any of you are listening, if you've made it, you know, 30, 40 minutes into this and you're listening, you disagree with me, everything is pod at Gmail or everything is pod is our Twitter. So like, or no, everything is pod is our Instagram or whatever. Fucking message me. I, I'm not even kidding. I would love to know if you disagree with me. I'm, not, I'm serious, 100% serious. I would love to know if that's wrong because... Maybe that's the future. Maybe, I mean, cyberbullying is not something that I grew up with. You know, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm good, and I've, I've seen the statistics. Most people listening out there are above 30, like, like 85% of our audience. So you probably didn't grow up with it either. So I, I'm curious, your point of view, if, is, is this idea, I mean, is cyberbullying taking on a new strength, taking, you know, taking on a new uh, almost physical nature that it causes someone to be depressed and now they are physically altered by words? You know, maybe this concept of, oh, it's just words to have enough sticks and stones, man. Sticks and stones, bro. Are we outgrowing sticks and stones? Have, have we have we moved on from sticks and stones? And maybe we never, it's not even outgrowing. Maybe that was just never true. Maybe that was just the shield that people, you know, just like Carlos Mencia saying, if you take a dick, you can take a joke. Maybe that was the same shield. Oh, I can just say anything I want to you because sticks and stones. And that's just, I've got a, you know, I've got carte blanche to just say what I want. And maybe that's a shit, man. Maybe that's true. God, I, I didn't. I was not expecting to, to kind of you know wind up here, but maybe that's maybe that is the future. Maybe that's why this cancel culture thing is coming up. That the younger generation, people that have grown up with with being online more often than being face to face. I mean, I, I'm guessing the anybody under twenty, the odds of them having been in a fist fight are significantly less than the odds. I mean, because not that I got into a ton, but if you were listening to last week's episode on sports gambling with John, uh, he brought up the fact that we used to do fight club. We used to just meet in a parking garage and just punch each other. That's what we did for fun. We weren't even angry necessarily at each other. We just met up and punched each other in the face, and then we're like, all right, cool, good game. Let's go home. And we left. That probably doesn't happen much anymore. You know, I'm, I'm guessing it doesn't happen really much at all. So maybe that's... Maybe that's just the next iteration of society is that these words 
do matter, certainly more than they ever have before, or at least we're just admitting that they matter more now than they ever have. And maybe that's, maybe, shit, maybe that's the point of this whole episode. Guys, watch your words out there, okay? But maybe, maybe seriously, maybe that might be it. Like, the, the idea, like, why are we mean? Like, you know, I don't get it. <laughs> why, why would we be mean at all to anyone? Certainly on purpose, there's no need for that. Why would we choose to be mean to any group of people? What, what is this insistence upon hating anything new until we figure it out? Like, there's so much shit we don't understand. Like, I don't know how my car works. I don't hate it. I don't hate the mechanic for fixing it. You know, like I, like, I can change my oil. That's basically it. I change a tire once. Other than that, if, some, if, some real, if the air conditioner goes off, I'm clueless. Why am I? I'm, do I get angry at that? No. What, do I get angry at the mechanic because he knows how to do it and I don't? No, I don't understand it at all and I just move along. It may, shit, maybe. That is this, this potential future utopia if we all agree that words can hurt, may, maybe we become more peaceful as a whole. Maybe, the, God, I did. any, to the gays listening, to the gays listening, again, I'm sorry, I love you. To anybody listening that is in these new groups that are being, you know, uh, not attacked, maybe you are being attacked, the, the, Anybody in the new groups, anybody in the old groups, shit. I mean, it, it's still not it's still not great for black people. I think we all know that. We can all see that clear as day. It's not great for anybody that's not white, and it's not even necessarily great for all white people. Maybe that's the future, is that we all try to just be nicer. You know, I, I think it'll be tougher for comedians. I really do, and that's something that, you know, that it, if that's what we have to sacrifice for society as a whole to be at peace, <laughs> fuck it, so be it. But maybe that's it, man. Maybe that's the future is that we are all going to try to be nicer at first because we're scared of this quote unquote cancel culture. But then when we all see, cause I, I think the only people that are scared of cancel culture are, are over 30. You know, I, I think it's just me and everybody I know and anybody I don't know that's older than me. It, it, maybe that's it. We're just scared of it because it's new and we're scared of it because that's what we're used to. We're used to being just terribly mean to each other. Because the people above us were terribly mean. Like when we were freshmen, I remember being like the seniors on the football team or whatever. Like were ruthless. And there was no need for that. There really wasn't. And even even then, and I'm patting myself on the back here, myself and anybody else that listening that was you know, around us or whatever. As as I recall, our small little group when we became seniors in high school, we didn't do that. I don't recall really doing that much at all. And then I remember actually when my brother, uh, who's younger than me. When after I graduated, the seniors then picked on his grade a lot, and Joe Brady, who's been on the podcast, was picked on a lot by by the people that were older than him. So maybe you know who knows, but maybe that is the future, that the the people now, these poor kids now that are getting picked on and, and taking all kinds of heat from the media and and online bullshit and all of this, they will be the ones to form the future, to sculpt the new way that sure maybe we'll have less jokes i don't even know if that's true but even if we do have less jokes if the trade-off is more peace then awesome now do i think that this is going to solve you know there's plenty of people that have hate just deep rooted in their souls but maybe this is you know one of the steps to take to go that direction one of the steps to to truly change this concept of the frat initiation that any new group anything different 
We're going to beat the ever-loving fuck out of you for way too long and then accept you. What if we just skip that and just accept people for who they are like like day one? Wouldn't that be cool? I think it would be. I love you. Thank you for listening. See you next time.